but apparently infinite wealth has got like a whole like pokemon stadium sub game where the pokemon are just local perverts of various kinds that you can like wrangle and use to fight other perverts i have so Which... many questions <laughs> i know right and you're like are they i don't using want to ask any of them yeah, are, are they using that term loosely? No, it's like weirdos in like capes and underwear that like have different color coding to their like bare slips of outfits. And then they have little weird special attacks that you could use them to fight each other. And also there's like an Animal Crossing style game where you take this one island resort and revitalize it. And then inside of that, there's a farm sim where you use you go to another island after that island to like revitalize this farm. And it's just like, um, but no, a couple of real bangers that I feel really good about. Um, I see the ghost of a rat there. What's up, y'all? Hey, man. Homie. How you doing? You're, you're, you're the guest of honor tonight because we, we want to hear all the shit, but you know, we'll, we'll get started before we get too into that. <sighs> Game of the year. I don't believe you. Well, I also don't believe you, but we will uh, get into that shortly. All right. Looking pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Hell yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, have you been watching the final season? <laughs> no, not yet. Have you? Yeah, I saw the first episode. And? <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah but um oh man i don't know like it's kind of bittersweet right like i don't want the show to end but gotta let the man retire you know i know do you of course now he's just now he's just doing layered uh curb bits in real life yeah (laughs) oh man what's up internet press x the podcast here it's uh it's episode 7.3 of season 7 did we actually come up with something that was not the gaming, or is it the gaming? We did. We did come up with something. Now I can't remember what it was. It's so memorable so it, that we can't so recall it, so exactly. It, 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 it sounds like it's still the gaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I mean, feel free, feel free to to chime in with a better idea. But uh, also, what if it's just oh, the gaming? Yeah, I know because we now have the press X to podcast scale seven less than seven. Hundo, so I think that this was like the lucky number seven season. Lucky seven, yeah. Let's try. Hold on, let's try that again. Hey, everybody, welcome to Press X the podcast. It's lucky season number seven, episode three, with your friends Paul, Rhett, and James crushing it week after week after week, right here on Twitch, on YouTube, on podcast services around the world. The best podcast you will ever listen to, my friends. Welcome. James, how are you this fine, fine week? Just, just so, so good and busy, really busy, but also in between being busy, good. <clears throat> busy for unmentionable reasons that we cannot talk about for any reason whatsoever. Stay tuned. Weeks in the future, uh, we'll have more to say. Yeah. yeah, I will have many things to say about some shit. But that day is not today, unfortunately. It is um, not. It is not. This is, uh, this is February 8th, 2024, by the way. Thanks for riding with us. Yeah. Thanks for vibing with us. Rhett, how are you, my friend? Doing excellent. Excellent. Um, having just 
blasted through 12 solid hours oh. of Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I'm feeling real good. Real, real good. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I believe you, but hey, we'll get into that. Uh, this is the podcast. This is a podcast about the video games. Sometimes other stuff, too. We talk about things. Uh, really, there's no plan. We just talk about video games. And hey, if other stuff comes up, so be it. Tangents. That's, that's what we do. Mostly it's tangents. The Tangential Podcast, Press X to Podcast. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. So anyways, Rhett, <clears throat> two or three times since we've hopped onto the, the, the call, you have, you, you have gassed up the squad, and I really cannot tell your level of sincerity, and I need you once and for all, Rhett, to come in, give it to us clean. What the fuck is up with this game? Man, why, why don't y'all believe me? It's game of the year, 2024. Game of the year. It, um, it isn't. It isn't. Rhett, there's just... There's been some reports coming in from, I don't want to say everybody, but everybody um, <laughs> on Earth that run contrary to your judgment. Now, if you are well and truly ready to ride for this mm -hmm. piece of gaming entertainment, <clears throat> why don't you break it down for us? Give us the five-point play as to why you think Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League is worth even a second of our time. So, yeah, it's not actually that great. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, it's uh, not actually that great. Uh -huh. uh, as expected. In fact, uh, when we signed off last time, I was saying that this is probably going to be the first, the first uh, recipient of the less than 10, or sorry, the less than 7 uh, reward from Press X to Podcast. Yeah, and it and it will be, it will be. But truth be told, not by much, not by much. All right, well, let's let's break it down. Tell us more. Suicide Squad. It's not terrible. It's not the worst thing I've ever played. Okay, that's faint praise, but praise right. nonetheless. It's what, not what the, are, it's not the worst thing are, I've ever played. It's not like like I was going into it expecting. Expecting to barely be able to get through it based off of like IGN's review of the game. Mm. But it's it's not terrible. I thought that the story was actually decent. It certainly kept me around long enough or it it, it kept me wanting more, you know? I wanted to see what happened next. And I think that it had some pretty interesting story beats. There was some stuff that I didn't expect to happen that happened. Um, and it, uh, yeah, overall, I don't know, it's pretty competent storytelling, if you ask me. Also, it, it's a really good-looking game. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've, you've touched on a couple of points that I feel have actually been echoed by uh, uh, professionals and consumers alike. Yeah. Um, that I've heard again, like you said, that the story is pretty decent and that it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's good. That's good. It's good that we've got some. Yeah. Some of the facial animations in the cutscenes, well, most of the facial animations in the cutscenes are like superb. They're very, very good. Yeah. Uh, especially on Harley. She's, it seems like obviously 
Obviously, um, Deadshot is his face is covered up for a lot of the game. King Shark, you're not going to get the same sort of is nuance. a shark. Yeah, it's a yeah. shark, right? But um, yeah, you really see you really see uh, the power of the engine when Harley's conversing a lot of the time. It was actually pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, so those were the two things that I think stood out to me as as positives with the game, but it's not like as a live service game. I don't know how they're ever going to actually keep people playing this thing. Okay, and <laughs> all right. <clears throat> the reason for that is that thirty minutes into it, you've seen. Pretty much everything the game has to offer. Uh, every single mission, from the very start to the very end, whether it was you know a menial side task or a boss fight, every single mission feels the exact same. Oh Oof. no! Yeah, the gunplay is actually decent. You know, it's 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 a lot more chaotic and frantic. And there's a lot more stuff that you can do with it as opposed to something like Fortnite. I think it actually resembles Borderlands a bit more than it does Fortnite. Hmm. Not as good as Borderlands. That, that's, those are some damning words. Yeah, I know, in my I know. Opinion. Borderlands guy, not as good yeah, as Borderlands. Like, it's not a high bar they failed to clear it. That doesn't yeah. sound good. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. It's actually not terrible, but it's incredibly repetitive. the The big issue, though, I think the big thing that they, the big opportunity that they missed out on, was that they had four fairly unique characters that they could have really made to feel like their own, and every one of them plays the exact same. Every one of them feels the exact same. Um. They all use guns. They're all they're they're all essentially interchangeable. You know, it really doesn't mm -hmm. matter who you play as. What it boils down to, who you'll inevitably end up picking, it it's going to boil down to whose method of traversal you prefer. Uh, that's really the only thing that actually differentiates the characters. Um, so I felt like that was a big a a big big missed opportunity. You know, I it. It shouldn't feel the exact same to play as King Shark as it does Harley, but it does. Yeah. Sure, there may be a couple unique moves here and there. Like, they're, they're just like in the Batman games, you can eventually unlock, like, finishing moves, essentially. So, of course, those are going to be unique to the characters, but that does nothing to actually make it feel like you're playing as a different character. Then another thing is that they allow you to change between characters, but you're extremely limited in when you can. So even if you do want to play as someone specific, oftentimes you'll get into a mission and it'll be like, okay, well, this mission, uh, Boomerang is like hyped up for it, I think is the term they used. So mm. it's like Boomerang's going to get extra damage, extra XP, etc. from if you play as him during this mission. So they do kind of pigeonhole you into playing a certain character throughout each mission um but 
the problem is is that if you go ahead and start that mission you can't you can't change characters during missions which seems to me like a huge a huge oversight but yeah if like last night during the final boss i wanted to switch characters and i couldn't do it um so you can do it if you quit the mission and restart oh from the beginning yeah no 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 but yeah it's just like little things like that that kept popping up where i'm like man this really feels like a missed opportunity here you know this really feels like they they had a game where they should have been able to implement 50 different ideas and they only squeezed two of them into it and they tried to make an entire game based off of two ideas uh, leak yeah it's <clears throat> so question can you play co-op and have like three yeah. of your buddies yeah. playing the other three characters okay yeah. that makes no sense that why you could wouldn't be able to switch characters in that case yeah i mean you're graded after each mission <laughs> And each character, like, that's how you get loot, is basically you complete a mission, and then you're rewarded with something. It's not like you complete a mission, get to the end of it, and open a chest to get a random piece of loot. It's like, once your mission is complete, you get a specific piece of gear, um, often pertaining to the character that you actually played as. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if maybe that has something to do with it? It sounds to me like... It's geared for co-op to the point where, like, like that's the reason you can't switch characters because it's like, well, no, because those three slots are going to be taken up by other players. So you yeah. can't just swap out because that would fuck up our whole co-op thing. Yeah. And obviously nobody's going to play this solo because <laughs> reasons, I guess. Who would fuck do you. That? I, <laughs> I would imagine as I mean, as any other game. I'm sure I would have enjoyed it more if I did have people to play it with. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's not like I felt like I was punished for playing solo. Although, not being able to change between characters, if that is the reason, not being able to change between characters really did. It did sting. It did sting, you know? You'd think it would be possible, even if it is expecting you to play four-player co-op. Uh, the game's balanced to have all four quote-unquote heroes playing at the yeah. same time. You think you should yeah. be able to... And Honestly, that would make it way more fun if you could snap as a single player between all four of them if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, I... Because you could do that in uh, Gotham Knights, right? Couldn't you yeah. switch whenever you liked? Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, that's... Know. That's got a sting. That's, yeah. It's like the other Batman game made by like the, the slightly team. different team and under the same umbrella could manage to pull something off that you can't. Yeah. That that is a good question. Is this better than Gotham Knights? I think it is. Okay. I, I do I do think it is. Yeah. It's it's got its issues. But I think it's better than Gotham Knights. Is it better than the Avengers? Because I think the Avengers is actually a better comparison for yeah. it. Is it better than the Avengers? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced it is. Ruh, and the, the Avengers wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, I absolutely think that the trajectory of this game is going to follow the same path that Avengers did. It's going to start out 
it'll peak probably sometime around launch and then it's going to be on a slow decline until eventually Rocksteady's like, yeah, we're shutting it down. What really, uh, what really hurts my soul is that the components of a great game, some of, some of the components of a great game are here. Great animation, cool characters, the gunplay's not bad. Who's going to take the heat for this game not performing? It's going to be the developer. In, yeah. in Rocksteady, they're going to get shredded for this and for the meta score. But really, it was, it was WB who told them to do this. You have to imagine right. that this was not the game they wanted to make. No. It's the game, it would have been, you know, it, they it, were forced to make to take advantage of this games as a service, gear score kind yeah. of environment. Yeah. That's, battle, that's such a bummer. Pass, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Gear, gear score is a fucking plague upon the industry yeah yeah yes yeah which is another thing about the game is that like the gear scores and everything at the start of the game it was nice to get higher level gear but by definitely by like the midway point i had gear that i would be finishing missions and i'd be getting new stuff and i wouldn't be replacing what i had and by the halfway point what i had unlocked was plenty to carry me through the rest of the game uh so that never felt like it really mattered also the skill trees are whack whack <laughs> yeah like they're All right. nothing nothing in them like was getting me excited about leveling up these characters and unlocking new skills it's just like just like minor little bonuses to what you could do you know oh you get 15 a 15 percent increase to your melee damage but your melee cooldown is affected by that and just like stuff like that that just didn't get me excited like i said you know just didn't didn't get me invested in the, in the skill trees at all and i always say like if your skill tree sucks your game probably sucks yeah yeah uh Big shout outs to Kevin Conroy though. Big his, shout outs yeah. to Kevin his, Conroy. Uh, well, I guess not his final performance, but maybe his final appearance given yeah. when this game came out. Yeah, there's a there's a really touching tribute to Kevin after the credits roll. Oh. It was really it was beautiful. Classy. Be awesome. Might have been the best part of the game. Yeah. Uh and he killed it. He killed of course he did, but he killed it all throughout, you know. Playing, um, playing Batman, but under the control of Brainiac, he added like a little, he added like a little extra, like sort of gruffness. Yeah, a little dirt. A little dirt. Yeah, it was like a little, like a little darkness to the voice that really came across like, like super, super well. Um, yeah, he. He was a highlight of the game for sure. Yeah. Uh, another question. You got to the end of the campaign, the end of the story. Yeah. This is a game as a service. Where yeah. do they go from here? Like, so did, uh, did the threads get tied up at the end of the game in a way that there's like they're going to have to really think outside the box to give you something to do? Should we drop some spoilers? Can't imagine you I two mean, are gonna. The, the spoilers in the title of the game. Right. Right. Yeah. Very true. 
but spoilers yeah yeah <clears throat> heads up so the way it works is you do kill the justice league okay sure yeah as 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 advertised all right as advertised yep. Yep. yeah which actually surprised me like i didn't i was like okay no they're gonna like capture them and then like you know they'll turn into an uh, item and float away Kill. or something you know yeah. yeah exactly but no man there's like there's a couple parts like harley fucking straight up executes batman <laughs> straight up point blank boom like it's crazy it's crazy so there's some good stuff like that that happens there's a wicked scene between superman and wonder woman where they're like fighting all over metropolis good shit it's all going down and then fucking you think like wonder woman has him but she doesn't and superman just cooks her with the fucking the heat vision <laughs> he just cooks her man it was pretty good turns her into a fucking pile of ash um so how it's gonna work after though is that so you obviously the final boss is brainiac after you take care of soups batman Flash and Green Lantern. Then you go on to fight the Brainiac. But it's determined that there are, in fact, 13 Brainiacs spread throughout oh. alternate realms. So you fight the first Brainiac and the credits roll after you do that. And now, which, by the way, the first Brainiac is like a Brainiac Flash, like hybrid. So how it's going to work is over the course of, I don't know, however, you know, 12 DLC releases or whatever, you're going to fight 12 more Brainiacs, all what we're assuming will be with, you know, uh, different variations added to them from the Justice League. So you'll fight a, a Batman Brainiac, a Superman Brainiac. I would assume probably that we're going to get a Wonder Woman uh, Brainiac, which would yeah. be cool because Wonder Woman was never a villain throughout the game. <laughs> And there are other Justice League characters that don't appear, such as Martian Manhunter, who I'm hoping actually get a little bit of screen time as possibly, you know, a Brainiac version. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where they're going with this right now. That's what you have to look forward to, is 12 of what I would assume are very, very similar boss fights. <laughs> okay. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine that the boss fights are going to be much different from each other. If they are, kudos to them. That'd be great. Well, I mean, they've got time to do DLC releases. They're not going to do this. Come out to like fives and sixes in the in the meta score, and they'd be like, "Well, we should just keep doing the same thing, right?" Like, obviously. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. But like, I don't know if I have a lot of confidence in that. Going back to what I first said about uh, how the game is unbelievably repetitive from the first half an hour to the final half hour it's unbelievable how repetitive that's, it is that's a serious serious problem yeah yeah and again and, it goes back to what i was saying about how uh the characters there, there's no differ differentiation between the characters so in what could have at least you know created a little bit of replayability if playing as king shark felt way different than playing as boomerang Maybe, you know, you go through the campaign again or you want to go through the campaign with friends as different characters, you know, things like that. But like, I couldn't give a fuck if, if I had a friend who was like, yo, come help me beat the campaign. I'd be like, man, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. 
I do recommend though, like if y'all could ever like, I'm sure it'll happen. If you could just find like a YouTube compilation of all the cutscenes, that's probably the way to enjoy the game. Oh, skip skip all the me. gameplay and just watch all the cutscenes because it's actually like if you're a fan of superhero stuff, it's pretty cool. Some pretty cool stuff happens. That just hurts me so bad because it yeah, it just shows where the the talent because that's always what was most striking about the Arkham series is just the storytelling of Rocksteady. They really knew yeah. how to do that shit. And yeah, you know, it's still here, and, obviously, but yeah, just wrapped yeah. in repetitive nonsense. One of the best parts of the game is early on, you go through an Arkham museum and it actually takes you through the events of the three Batman games. Not, not uh, origins, obviously, but yeah, the three Rocksteady Batman the games. The three canonical which, uh, Arkham games. Yeah, exactly. Which like, during that whole time, I had a big smile on my face. I was like, man, this is actually cool as fuck. You get uh, Jack Ryder. He's like on the fucking intercom, like giving you history of what had happened. And I'm like, oh, shit. So this is actually like a sequel to those games. It technically is like a sequel to those games. This is the same Batman that we played as in the Arkham games that we're going up against now. Um but yeah, you know, it quick the, the honeymoon quickly wore off. The honeymoon quickly quickly ended. So Okay. Okay. What uh <clears throat> what's the price point Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is worth it at? How how deep of a sale do we need to wait for? I think if you're super interested in it, you probably wouldn't be upset at 50% off. Okay. I do think I just can't imagine that this won't be a PlayStation Plus free game of the month over the next at some point in the next two years. Yeah. You know, I so like if you if you're like, yeah, whatever, I could take or leave it. Just wait until it comes out, because I, I absolutely think that it's worth the it's worth the time if it's free. Definitely worth a playthrough if you don't have to pay for it. Um. But yeah, like 50% off, 50% off at minimum before you start spending cash on it. Yeah. 20-ish dollars. Yeah, in the chat, $20 max, says Jax. Jess says $20. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't be mad at, if I spent 20 bucks on this, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been upset. It just blows my mind that this game took more time than those three Arkham games combined to develop. And there, I mean, graphics are just graphics. You know, there's a lot of systems in play that take a lot of time to build, especially if you're building a co-op game. Yeah. But there's side-by-sides where Suicide Squad does not hold up that well compared to the eight-year-old Arkham Knight. Dude, Arkham Knight continues just to be a fucking force. Yeah. Game was just so far ahead of its time. Yeah. Probably my least favorite of those three Arkham games, but... Really? Man, it was my favorite. Really? I'm an Asylum guy, though. I like the first one. Well, I loved Asylum, yeah. Loved Asylum. But uh, Knight was just like, oh, the Batmobile was so good. James, I know you didn't like the Batmobile in that game. It just, rather than it being like a fun thing to rip around in, it's like 
here, immediately do these complicated, aggravating tasks using a brand new control system that honestly isn't great already and like would be it, like the Batmobile and night controls fine if you're not doing anything important with it <laughs> but the fact that there's like levels that are like progress gated to you being able to pull off crazy stunts with this stupid fucking car really really <laughs> hurts this game in my eyes <laughs> it's just like no, I had no problems controlling it whatsoever. I thought that was one of its strengths was that you could you could move side to side at a whim, front and back. Like, you know, you I, could maneuver like, it wherever you needed it yeah. to be. Like I I get that my complaint is not anything like an objective concern with a game. Like this is just me having a personal issue with these fucked up janky ass vehicle controls. Yeah. But like, just I don't know. It's just like it never felt. It just felt like. The, the, it was it just felt like it was a struggle from the jump to do anything with that fucking car yeah and they and they throw it in your face and they're like listen it's very important that you use this dumb fucking car instead of the incredibly new nuanced beautiful perfectly put together hand-to-hand -to -hand manned combat shit that we've like made into an art form over the course of three games no no fuck all that get in the car i'm like no yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know how many times speaking of the the art form that the combat became in those games i don't know how many times throughout the uh 11 hours that i played suicide squad that i was that i said to the chat on stream why the fuck did they not just make why did they not just clone the combat system from the arkham games and put it into this it was oh. so fucking frustrating well, because it's not designed for four people to be mixing it up at once. I mean, good. It could be. I'm at, sure they tried. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels like at least you start with that as a basis. You know, mm -hmm. it's the industry standard combat after those three, Ar those three yeah. Arkham games. And, yeah. you know, a team with that level of talent, you take, take that baseline implement some of the stuff that was put into games like spider-man at the point that they're they're putting this game together and then try to bolt some some ranged combat on top of that you could have had something really remarkable but uh, you might be right james maybe they did try that like this we, we got to start from scratch yeah yeah, Jax in the chat also brings up a good point that uh, he says, I think this game will flop more just because of the microtransactions. Yeah. That is another thing. The microtransactions in this game are shockingly overpriced. It's insulting what they have some of the shit priced at. It's like eight bucks, seven or eight bucks Canadian for like a taunt. One taunt. Oh, they're looking yeah, for the whales, one, one man. Oh, man. Like it's fucking. It's. It's disrespectful. Like, it's downright disrespectful what they have some of this shit priced at. Um, yeah, that was like that. I, I as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, OK, now I see why review codes didn't come out until late. They wanted to keep these fucking micros 
under yeah. wraps. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Warner Brothers doesn't have anything like respect for their consumers and they never <laughs> fucking have. And I don't see why they'd start now. Yeah. It was just like, these are the same, like, <laughs> lifeless suckheads that gave us fucking multiverses, which is just like, <laughs> Yeah, a, a a fucking microtransaction storefront disguised as a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I guess I should have been. Uh, I should have been expecting that. Didn't even yeah. like. It didn't even like cross my mind that there would have been microtransactions in this game. But of course, of it's course like what the fuck be. would they be for? What is the point of them? Oh man, um, and they're they're all just so useless. They're so useless. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think just... I think the I think there's a bunch of high profile fighting games that have sort of set the tone right for like what we can get away with in terms of microtransactions because you get games like uh Dead or Alive or Street Fighter oh, that yeah. are just like naked greed on like full frontal display at every fucking turn. <laughs> like the 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 shit you can pay for in Street Fighter 6 easily dwarfs what you can pay for the fucking base game and like oh. Dead or Alive is not better. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Wick too. Wick too. Like it it'll take you a few purchases to to outmatch the price of the game. Yeah, and so like companies see that shit and they're like I want some of that for me. I want some of that greasy money in my fucking pockets. So they, yeah. they, 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 like somebody pointed out that we've come such a long way since the like halcyon days of the horse armor mm. from back in like 2006, Ugh. where it's just like the horse armor. Yeah. Which was pa like patient X. Yeah, which was like $3, by the way. And yeah. back then, people were like, $3 for horse armor? That's yeah. fucking egregious. And now it's like $8 to make your character do a gesture that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. James, I particularly like how you squeezed both naked and full frontal into the same statement <laughs> about fighting game DLC. That was <laughs> peak. Just primo. Well, I mean... It's so disgusting. I don't know if you guys have like perused that for any recent fighting game. I know it was really, really bad in Street Fighter V, and I yeah. feel like it's as bad, if not worse, than number six. You know, if somebody comes in and corrects me afterwards, great. I would love for Capcom to have fucking reeled back a little bit on 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 the 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 the, the throttle, but they didn't. Yeah. No, I've been through the DLC with Street Fighter V, and uh, it's staggering Gross. it's astounding page after page after page of costumes and stages wow. and yeah, yeah it's crazy crazy yeah um this guy is bad for that because um they'll lock extra characters behind dlc and they'll have like some of them will have shit that like dramatically changes how the game is played <laughs> Yeah. Like, they're not just cosmetic. It's like, oh, if you have this character, you can, like, do X thing with, like, in terms of, like, abilities or something. It's great, but it costs you, like, this many dollars. And, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, Jax asks, yeah, DLCs used to cost five bucks. Why the hell is everything now just 20 and up? Because people will pay for it. Yeah. Because people fucking pay it. Yeah. 
basically what happens is you get like people like us crazy assholes who like buy and play uh, a game every calendar month or more okay we're not (laughs) we're not the target audience what they're looking for is the people who dip into the market one to three times a year and they have like this is my game that i'm playing this season or for this half of 2024 and so they're they're gonna put a whole bunch of money into dlc and shit because it's like this is one of the four games that i played this year and so i want to maximize my time with it those are the people that they're looking for i think uh call of duty really demonstrated that like yes this kind of gamer exists they have a they have an Xbox for one reason, and it is to get the new Call of Duty game every year. Yeah. And and so those guys are like prime fucking targets for any sort of expansions you want to add on. Yeah. Well, I'd love to shift gears and talk about a DLC that absolutely pays for itself. Because okay. I finally, finally unlocked Phantom Liberty in Cyberpunk. Yes. And it is <laughs> fucking awesome it is so good yeah is it not the best like the best story content in the entire game absolutely not even close yeah uh i'm i'm stunned at the quality like even from when you kick off the first couple of missions as you're it's it's an awesome thrill ride through dogtown and dogtown is not that big but they pack a lot into that area and yeah. uh, they give you a lot to do. And the, the first couple of missions where you're, you know, trying to make your initial escape from the, uh, <clears throat> from the uh, inciting incident, let's put it that way, is yeah. so good. They introduce a lot of new mechanics, a lot of new things that I just did not expect in any way. Uh, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. And, yeah. uh, the other thing is once getting past that and kind of getting into the meat of the content, I think it does a lot better job than the main game of giving you interesting things to make choices about. Um, moment to moment, they, they give you a lot of in the moment you need to choose a or B. Are you going to unplug this person? Yes or no. The bar's going down. And those those choices have a lot of consequence and feel like they have a lot of meaning in the moment. And yeah. uh, it it makes you feel a lot more like you are V than the main game or the 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 main story. Anyways, there's a lot of side content in the main story that does that as well. But I feel like it's so much more prominent in Phantom Liberty and uh, Idris Elba is fantastic. Oh, so good. He is yeah. excellent in this. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, if you haven't touched Phantom Liberty, you do have to play quite a bit of Cyberpunk, but it's good now. Yeah, and uh, man, it's really something. I I'm really really enjoying it. Man, how far we've come! It seems like just yesterday, you were reviewing Cyberpunk. <laughs> Definitely less like... than a seven at launch. <laughs> Holy fuck! Talk <laughs> yeah. about one of the great, one of the great uh, redemption arcs in gaming yeah maybe after my big february project i'll fucking uh finally pick that one up yeah highly recommended did, did you agree that man idris elba just 
dwarfs Keanu Reeves. Oh my god, it's the, not like close. It's, it's insane how much better he is. You know, There's, there is a fair bit of Johnny Silverhand in the uh, there is in the Phantom is, Liberty yeah. story as well, and I think for Keanu, he he does an okay job with <laughs> with what he's sure. supposed to be doing. He he fills his role, but yeah. uh, Idris Elba is when he is taking the main stage or he's monologuing or he's conducting something that's going on in the story, it is, it's gripping. Yeah. You're paying absolute attention. Uh, yeah. There's no, there's no looking around the room or trying to see what else is going on when Idris is, is doing his thing. Like you, oh, yeah, you might, a... when you're, you're listening to Johnny Silverhand, you're like, mm, what's he saying? It's an intentionally short sentence so that, <laughs> you know, Keanu's just got a few words here and there. Yeah. Well, Jesus, Idris Elba's on a whole nother level just in terms of as a performer than yeah. Keanu Reeves. Like Keanu, Keanu Reeves is is an expertly crafted uh sleeve of sorts that viewers and players can kind of slot themselves into to be like, yes, that's the that's the main character I want to inhabit and see myself in in whatever the media is. Like, and he's really good at that role. But that's not the same thing as being a charismatic, engaging performer. He's he's sort of a like, you know what I mean? Like he's he he's more of a like protagonist, like video games had protagonists. But Ed, Idris Elba is like a, a fucking gravity event localized. It sort of like appears yeah. on screen, and you're like, well fuck. This is my whole day now. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh what we're looking at in the video here. This is the first mission. This is the first mission. It is so fucking cool. Man. Ah. Definitely playing this all the way through to the end. And yeah. uh, especially starting a new character and playing through some of Cyberpunk to get to Phantom Liberty. The way it's weaving the missions together where you're kind of bouncing back and forth between stuff from Phantom Liberty both main quest and side quests with the things that were already cool from the first game that are now made better by the mechanics being better. Very good. Very, very yeah. good. Uh, and glad to see this redemption arc from, from CD project red. Um, oh yeah. You know, they were, they were let down by their marketing. They were let down by their release schedule, but they are still a top tier developer. One of the best for uh, Western RPG content. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh been a real treat to see how far this game's come along. It also looks significantly better in, in Phantom Liberty. Like I noticed huh. that right away having played through you know quite a bit of the main game, especially uh well, the main thing you see that's different is Johnny Silverhand. Like that character model is a lot more Keanu in uh in Phantom Liberty than it than it is in the main game and Idris Elba is like pixel perfect to yeah. real life. Yeah. The animation is is top quality. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Hell yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. James, I don't think you can talk about what you've been playing. No, not even a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> not even the t tiniest fucking bit. Um, yeah, not even the tip. All right, let's not go there. 
<laughs> yeah, I I can I can con I can have some conversations about my shit in I believe uh 14 days. <laughs> All right, so about 7.5. Episode 5. Yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, let's say we crack into a little bit of news here. Sure. Sure. What's uh I know, I know, um, let's, I mean, it's kind of just, there's one big story that's sort of like overtaking all the others right now. Well, I mean, is it one, one and a, one and a half stories? There's, 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 but let's, let's start with the big one. Let's start with, uh, Xbox rumblings. Um, basically, my understanding is that. Bill Spencer himself, the face, right? The face of Xbox for all intents and purposes, basically went public and said, yeah, there's a, there's a not, there's a greater than zero chance that we go non-console fully third party at some point in the future. Am I, am I getting that right? Is that roughly what he sort of hinted at? Like, is that yeah, what yeah. people are extrapolating from this? Yeah. Let me just read his tweet after weeks of speculation a lot of leaks etc in true xbox fashion they were right behind the eight ball and being super reactive to this phil spencer had to say on february 5th we're listening and we hear you we've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of xbox stay tuned okay so basically Kind of like what I said, except not at all in any meaningful way whatsoever. Ba basically, <laughs> some leaks happened and they said nothing. They gave us a big, juicy sesame seed nothing burger. And we're expected to chew on that until the fucking the following week where they will like probably give us a like nothing burger with two patties. Um yeah, okay. So, I mean, the text that stands out to me is business update event. Okay, yeah, Bus that is very... Business update? That, to me, says something significant is changing. We are shifting. And this has been hinted not by Phil and not by the Xbox team, but by Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella at, I forget what conference it was a few weeks ago, saying in no unspecific terms that they want to bring games to all platforms. Games to all platforms. And, okay. and Xbox has just been quiet about this until these leaks started happening. Yeah, so basically, people have been, part of the leaks has been people seeing games potentially coming out, like Xbox standards coming up for other platforms like uh starfield and shit um which is sort of a herald of things to come i'm okay speculation aside let's speculate much harder to a much greater degree than anybody has previously Ooh. Let... yeah okay 
So never mind what they're going to fucking announce and be like, oh, we're multi-platforming some things. Blah, blah, blah. Do we feel like them pulling a Sega is a good move? And do you think a Game Pass system can work without constraint to a particular platform? I think if if they buy up as much of the industry, if they continue to buy up as much of the industry as they have been, yes, I do think it could work. If everything that they're if everything that they're developing is going to be under that umbrella, then it'll it'll be available on everything. Sure. Will the price increase? Most assuredly. But if everything's going to be on that, if everything's going to be on that, um, on Game Pass, Call of Duty, Elder Scrolls, uh, you know, everything that they make, then, yeah, I don't see why not. Especially, I think a lot of people would be excited to get, I think they'd be excited at the notion of getting exclusives that they've never played before on another system. Like, people were going nuts for when uh sony finally said okay we're gonna bring like gran turismo to pc yep spider-man to pc um horizon you know all that stuff god of war people were loving that i think i think if they were really bold they might go one better i think i think there's i think there's people within microsoft and xbox who want to do what Stadia couldn't. And I think they want to go yeah. beyond consoles and just be like, do you have a fucking controller and a television? Then friends, you've got an Xbox. And and then they're just gonna like, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna start shifting the business in subtle but significant ways to the point where it's like, all you have to do is pay your fucking tithing to us every month <laughs> and you can have a like preposterous amount of games going forward and like you know what i mean like i th- i think i think they're trying to go beyond consoles because i and i say this because they've been doing that for fucking years for years they've been trying to push for this back when we were still going to e3 back in 2019 they were talking about xcloud and they were so excited because they could put it on phones you just needed a controller and i feel like I feel like that's the move because manufacturing consoles, distributing them is such a logistical fucking nightmare because like, look at the PS five and how impossible it was to find one for so long. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like they're trying to solve this problem where they want as many people paying for games as possible with the fewest hardware impediments between them and the shit they want to engage in. And if that means that like uh there's like an overall leveling out or dip in quality, you know what I mean? Sort of like how Spotify gives you infinite music in exchange for the like quality ceiling lowering somewhat. You know what I mean? Like everything kind of flattens out a little bit in terms of like audio quality, but in exchange you get like the library of Alexandria's worth of records at your fingertips. I feel like 
Xbox wants to do the same thing for games. I, I think you're right, but here's the thing. That has not worked. No, no. It, it is hasn't. not working in any way, shape, or form. Games are no. way too expensive. Developers are way too expensive. The price of Game Pass is way too low, and their subscriber numbers are not increasing over time. No, they haven't told no. they haven't said anything about Game Pass numbers in years, and that is no mistake. They would be shouting it from the rooftops if it was growing. So we can infer that it's not growing and the business is not performing. Oh from, no. from that. So yeah. here, here's what I think is gonna happen. Okay, okay. Game Pass will continue to exist. They will continue to get Xbox exclusives and those kinds of things day one. What's going to happen is that's going to be timed exclusivity. Six months, a year, something like that. Xbox exclusives like Starfield, like Indiana Jones, like Gears of War are going to hit other platforms six to 12 months after they hit Game Pass. They're going to try to play both sides of the field and get Game Pass more subscribers by having more content, but also sell things full price to people who want to just have a console or have a PC. It's not a bad idea. It's a big shift in the business, though, and they're going to have to message it right because those the militant Xbox people out there, if this is what they do, are not going to be pleased. Mm -hmm. yeah. The church of Xbox is already pretty miserable about this. Yeah. Um, because what Xbox has done is they've created a sort of uh, parasitic relationship with certain creators because they had this system where they would follow back, like like big Xbox creators would follow them, you know, like the the big wigs and the and the official accounts and everything else, and then they would follow them back, and they would start like communicating with them and giving them you know exclusives and 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 and, and like contact and like you know what i mean like there is a sort of like uh uh uh, uh two-way street of a relationship and so there's this whole army of xbox influencers who feel extra entitled because they've had this access and they've had this sort of sense of closeness with the fucking the the console and the company that's sort of like elevated them and so for this same company to turn around and be like, hey, uh, the game is changing and we're changing with it because uh, venture capitalism is uh, uh, consuming the industry from the inside out. We don't really have a fix for that yet. So we're, you know, we're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. And a lot of their, their loyal army is going to be really fucking choked about this. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right on that. Xbox and their fans have a highly unusual relationship to the it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very parasocial <laughs> in a lot of ways in yeah. that like there are a lot of people out there who are on the internet all the time and on podcasts and stuff and I won't say names who believe that they are best friends with Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer is an executive at Microsoft. He's not your friend. He's trying oh, to sell no. you Xboxes. <laughs> oh, no. He's a nice guy, but yeah. he's trying Person to make Xbox win. Yeah. Personally, I think 
personally, I'm really fucking concerned because like the, the amount of layoffs and the amount of churn and the amount of like, like, like there's been so many huge, serious shocks to the industry system. And like, I don't, I don't know if people really understand that when you demoralize an entire workforce like this, it's going to have a serious negative impact on what gets produced and who decides to stay in the industry and who decides they're just going to be a fucking analyst or go work for a fucking, you know, a, 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 a work as a, as the IT guy for a more stable industry somewhere else. You know, like, I feel like, because there's people who like moved across the country to 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 be with like Blizzard and Activision and Microsoft and they got they got fucking axed and like thousands of them are getting axed and like it seems like every fucking day you go on to your gaming news feed and one of the first things you see is x amount of people were let go from this company in the last week and sometimes the number's big, and sometimes the number's small, but there's always a number, and they're adding up. And I feel like at some point, we're going to have a straight-up uh, large-scale industry collapse to the point where indies are sort of like the only viable career path, which is already not a viable career path. Like, who's going to want to fucking work in video games when the odds of you getting shit canned so some, like, VC can have, like, a bigger bonus when the odds are so high? Like, who's going to want to be a part of this fucking industry? Yeah. I remember when uh, Xbox fans were just so hyped, pumping up the acquisition, Call of Duty, Activision, and all that, and just like, this is great for gaming and everything. I wonder if the 2,000 people that got laid off from Treyarch... Infinity Ward, Blizzard. et cetera, et cetera. Blizzard, yeah. yeah. I wonder if they uh, would agree with you. Yeah, and this is just going to keep happening. Like, you guys were talking about, you were talking about how, oh, Rocksteady, they're going to get shredded. They're literally going to get shredded. Yeah. Like, if, oh, because of the, yeah. the scores and the sales, like, expect an announcement sometime in the next financial quarter where, like, a quarter of their fucking work staff just gets, like, shown yeah. the fucking door. And that's going to become the norm where every time, like, oh, we didn't break sales records, so we have to let a third of you go. It's like, yeah, there's not going to be a video games industry in two years if you keep this up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of people out there are trying to say, well, we need more games. that They need to come out more regularly to better fill the coffers of game, of game developers and make sure that the people can be there. I no. fully believe that's wrong, completely wrong. We need fewer games, way fewer games, but they need to be decent quality where people want to pick them up. People want to stick with them. And for larger developers, larger publishers, that needs to look like an AB strategy where you've got your A games. You've, you know, take taking Insomniac, for example, you've got your A games, you've got your Spider-Man, you've got wolverine you've got venom whatever you've got in the pipeline what fills the gap between there to keep the lights on what smaller teams can you spin off to make smaller interesting games that people want to pick up people want to engage with uh, and a good example of that kind of thing is the the, the little prince of persia game that ubisoft came mm. up with yeah 
You know, it's not going to yeah. sell a zillion copies, but you don't have to market it very much. I read somewhere that it sold like 300,000 copies at 20 bucks. You know, it probably covers what it costs to make, puts a little bit yeah. of cash in the bank, and it keeps the lights on. I think and that's going to become all well. And it reviewed very well. It's like, yeah. by all accounts, it's a good game. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're going to see that a lot more often. I wonder. <laughs> I, I kind of wonder at whether or not we're going to see a trend of big companies hoovering up indie teams, indie developers, because they need people to do exactly what you just described. Put some quality shit out on a semi-regular basis under your publisher banner. Keep the lights on. Put some money in the coffers. You know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like if you're going to spend venture capital on some crazy, you know, some crazy ideas, the Microsoft model of buying up smaller teams, I don't know if it's the right move, but it feels like a move that the industry would make as a response to that sort of necessary triage where you're like, no, no, our development cycles are like seven years long now for AAA games. We need some shit in between or else we're going to shrivel up and blow away in the wind. Yeah. But like, either way, I feel like armchair analysts such as ourselves may or may not predict the future but regardless the big slumbering beasts that run this fucking industry are making the necessary moves to keep it afloat or or the vc goblins are just devouring this corpse and picking it fucking clean and leaving you know the little people to pick up the mess and figure out if there is an industry at all in five years yeah, that's a good question. I think on as far as Microsoft goes, they got more money than God. Like they're the most valuable company on earth at this point. So if anyone has the money to make something work, it's them. So I'll be very curious to see what this this announcement is all about and where they're going with this cuz if they can't make this sus- subscription model work, no one can. Period. They've got like 45 developers at this point. If they can't make xbox game pass a viable business no one can yeah and basically the the numbers suggest that that that's the case it's almost impossible to make a positive in the black kind of business out of this uh just from some of the numbers that have leaked about how much things cost to get onto game pass if you've uh like Jax was saying in the chat if you've got 20 21 million subscribers at $12 a month or whatever it is, say it's $250 million per month. Games are costing $50 million, $75 million, $100 million to get onto Game Pass. That is yeah. not a lot of games per month, and that doesn't count at all the amount it's costing you to build things internally. The numbers do not make sense. They need to be orders of magnitude higher for Game Pass to make sense for Microsoft. Anyway, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I I was gonna say there there are so far two companies that have made 
the streaming model kind of work. And the only way they've done it is by making sure that their other lines of business are incredibly lucrative. Amazon has not actually had a successful streaming model, but it doesn't matter because their web services and their shopping shit very easily make them enough money where the streaming service is just a loss leader that they can use to keep their name on everybody's mouth and keep people subscribed to Amazon Prime. Like, and Apple, similarly, are, you know, the largest supplier of phones on the fucking planet. And so if Apple TV Plus loses them a little bit of money, that's fine because it's a sort of, it's a level of brand awareness they were previously unable to achieve. You know what I mean? So basically, yeah. you ha- you sort of have to be a company like Microsoft, Amazon, or Apple that's already making billions and billions of dollars on your other lines of business to the point where the streaming service can be seen as a sort of uh, loss leader type banner you can kind of wave around in the air to get the maximum number of eyes on your fucking IP and your brand. And then it depends on how you how you're cooking the books, yeah. Uh, as, as well, because <laughs> yeah, something like Microsoft they they treat their business units very separately. So you've got your Windows business unit, you've got your Office three six five business unit, you've got your Xbox business unit. Each one of those units is expected to perform. So, if the thing you're doing in Xbox isn't working, it's not bringing in the revenue, it's not growing over time. That's not good for Microsoft. That doesn't look good to the shareholders. It doesn't make the stock price go up, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Whereas for Amazon, a lot of their stuff is a little more behind the scenes. Yes, they have web services. And yes, it's the biggest, I think, probably the biggest in the world at this point, I'm sure. That's, That's Amazon. Amazon is doing well. It's not... AWS is doing well and amazon.com is doing well and prime is doing well. It's Amazon is doing well. So they're, they're more able to spin cash into the things that are loss leaders like prime video, for example, than something like a Microsoft. That's my view of it. Anyway, might be completely wrong. I don't know. Apple, I feel like there's a good chance they're just in their honeymoon phase where like a a new streaming service kicks up and they're like, oh, amazing. We're doing so good. We're getting so many new subscribers. We're it's the the line is never going down. It's just going to go up forever because like the amount of original content they've put out has exploded exponentially in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, And like, guys, I hate to say it. I don't know that you can keep this up unless you're prepared for this to never make money. Which they might be, because again, they're like one of the biggest distributors of phone hardware on earth, and that shit is not slowing down. Oh, and they just dropped the Apple Vision Pro. And like, you got all these weird little chuds running around the streets performing free advertisement and being like, (laughs) hey, guess what? You can use this thing on the subway, I mean, obviously don't, that's incredibly unsafe, but you can do it. Or driving a car, again, Jesus, don't do that, but you can. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't man. think, that, I don't think that just... function is long for this world. <laughs> like, there's no. going to be, like, an accelerometer check of, like, you're, you're moving too fast. 
please <laughs> click this to confirm that you aren't driving for legal reasons. Using it on the subway? How fast? How many people are going to get their fucking lights turned out? <laughs> Doors open, lights out, headsets mine, see ya. Holy fuck. Yeah, I just, it's just like, like, no, listen, if you want to take your shit on the go, that's fine. All the power to you. Get after it. But people know that's a $4,000 accessory yeah. you're yeah. wandering around with. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Until they, they implement Superman heat vision that comes out of the goggles. Yeah. Like, you're in danger. The other thing yeah. is, like, they're still... That Apple headset, it's still so fucking tacky. Like, it's this big fucking pair of ski goggles that you have to strap to your face. You know, I figured Apple would have made something a bit more sleek, you know? Maybe something like just a pair of glasses, but no, it's still, it looks like you're fucking no. wearing a pair of ski goggles. I, we're, we're five years away from... Yeah. It's like, yeah. usually saw, you're... Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say your first version of the hardware is generally the clunkiest. Yeah. Yeah. I, d I did see a quick teardown article where someone took this thing apart and they're like, this is a feat of engineering. It's ridiculous what they packed into this thing. Like it could not physically be any smaller at this point, but right. you're, you're right. At some point it will be, you know, cause it's, it's not glossy. just like a headset. That's a full scale, serious business, Apple PC yeah. that you're just like, you just have in your face. Which I feel like people talking shit about this headset don't really realize how obscenely powerful it is for its size and the form of it. Like that's like I wouldn't I would never I can't afford it. I would never do what some of these people are doing with it, a.k.a. go out in public with my most expensive computer I've ever purchased, just sort of sitting atop my head while <laughs> I cannot really defend myself. But, like, <laughs> it's a pretty amazing machine. Yeah. <laughs> I just had a, I just had a vision in my head, James, of you with that, that MSI that you're testing strapped to the back of your head. Just duct yeah. taped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's That's like the equivalent, seven or eight basically. pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just fucking strolling down the sidewalk. Oh, man. <laughs> I like it. It's preposterous. So, yeah, I, I feel like I, I people have been making fun of it, but I truly believe that Apple has done something significant and that they've like moved the needle forward a great deal to like, hey, this is this is portable, powerful technology, the likes of which we've never seen. This thing can do shit that your phone probably could scarcely dream of. You know what I mean? Like people are like, oh, it's it's, it's you, a phone can do that. There's a lot of shit that it can do that your phone simply can't. Jack, one thing. Jack's in the chat asked, do you think you can use it while driving on the highway? Well, Jax, given that you drive 18 wheelers i'm going to say no don't use it while you're driving down the fucking highway please please god there no is, yeah there is video of people in teslas with the autopilot function engaged oh yeah cruising along with their shit on but like yeah. you know doing the gestures you know but like like you they're gonna be that that vehicle is already Hey, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. The Cybertruck, um, 
Yeah, but they're, look, they're, on the <laughs> their their crash test records, their their safety testing, <laughs> none of that shit is made public. Nobody knows how effective this thing is in a crash. People do know that it's made of a sort of solid difficult steel it's made of a material meant to be bulletproof and it is the windows aren't obviously they've tested this several times to hilarious effect but something so rigid and bulletproof is probably not going to keep you in as good a shape as you'd like in the event of a collision you really don't want to compound that by putting a fucking vr headset on your head while you drive like i just you will be the deadest a driver has ever been. I cannot <laughs> I cannot stress uh, this enough. I don't know, man. It seems like it might actually protect your head. It's like so? it's a it's a crash helmet. Yeah. I mean protect your eyes from the shrapnel. It'll it'll maintain the shape of it for like body identification purposes. Yeah, yeah great. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like people were People were giving the Cybertruck a lot of shit because they're like, this thing looks so incredibly unsafe. But somebody pointed out that like, well, no, they've done they've done crash testing and safety testing. It's just none of it's made public and they're not under any obligation to under like U.S. car manufacturing laws. Where it's just like they don't have to tell you how the test went. They just they you know, they perform them. Yeah, so we don't know how safe it is. Yeah. Because, like, basically, they're required to do crash testing certification in order to make sure that it's safe enough to go on roads. However, there's not, like, a separate body, like, there's not a separate governmental body that does this. They can just hire somebody internally to do this for them. Like, Tesla can just be like, all right, we've decided that you're in charge of making sure this vehicle is safe. You work for us and also please make sure that it passes. And they're like, of course. And then they do. And then it goes on the road. <laughs> and it has that wedge that is like the perfect, the wedge shape of the front is like the perfect ha height and shape for decapitating a child with like a 50 mile an hour collision. Like it's, it's almost engineered to kill children at crosswalks. <laughs> you may be right. <laughs> yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah, anyways, sort of a digression, but like some of this technology needs some further testing before it gets released into the wild and it's not going to get it. It's fine. People are people are testing it for us. Yeah. South of the border, that's the only place you can get a Cybertruck and a Vision Pro right now. Yeah. Um I will say I'm excited I'm excited. The, the, the Vision Pro excites me because it means that other companies are probably frantically working to try to capture a bit of that market share. You know what I mean? Like, and their shit will be half the cost of Apple's because that's just usually how it goes. <laughs> I don't want to pay $4,000 for the headset of the future. But like, if it's the same strength as a desktop PC, I, you could sell me on it for like two grand. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. oh yeah. If if you if you give me a headset that does what this very powerful laptop can do, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm tempted, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it's gonna actually be a fucking game changer for your day to day workload. 
what e and it's what every fucking manufacturer of a VR headset aside from like the PSVR. So every fucking manufacturer like touts as one of the key features of their headset is that this is going to change the way you uh, get your day to day workload done. And I, I mean, I've tried a lot of them and uh, not one of them has actually. I think achieved that, but this one sounds like. Might be the first step, might be the first step yeah, in changing like, the workplace. <clears throat> yeah, it's V1 of the thing that changes the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, it's got pretty good pass-through, and so if I can, if, you, if I can, if you can plug a keyboard into it via Bluetooth or whatever, and I can do my fucking job on it, then yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what? If, hook me up. Also, this is important. And I don't know that anybody's talked about this. I haven't done a lot of reading. But I want a headset to be about as intrusive upon my skull as this headset and these glasses. That is about the level that I can handle for eight hours at a time. That's the important part. You can put the headset on and it feels pretty comfortable. But motherfucker, it is not that comfortable after like two hours, generally yeah. speaking. But again... Maybe there's like consumer reports coming out to the contrary, but like my experience with headsets is generally, I can't wear this all fucking day. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Apparently the reviews say that the Apple headset is super, super comfortable, but again, I've used a lot of headsets that are supposed to be super comfortable and inevitably after an hour and a half, two hours of having this thing fucking strapped to your face, it starts to it's hurt. a lot yeah 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 also and this is important there's no vr porn on that oh yeah Pro. i remember i remember seeing you mention this how yet 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 i know right come the, on you gotta the, think the, come on the, under, the understanding is that like if you want to do it it's like some janky third-party shit. You basically you gotta do a little hacking in order to get it to work. Wow. Like you can, what you can do is you can strap on the headset and project a sort of virtual flat screen to watch shit at like eighty, a hundred inches, whatever. Which is, you know, fine by me, right? But like, <laughs> some people want the most unsettling sexual experience they've ever had in their lives, and so they want VR porn. Hey. Fun little diversion. If any of you guys ever, you know, out of curiosity, sampled that shit, it's terrifying. It's straight up terrifying. I, I need you to, I need you to understand how unsettling it is <laughs> to have this headset on, and then you have just like this, like porn star kind of like crawling around you and in front of you because basically how they do it is there's cameras strapped to the head of a dude who's lying underneath the girl, right? And so this woman, the image of this woman in like full immersive VR 3D comes down upon you and like, you know what I mean? Like she just crawls around you and this woman's face is just right fucking here, just right here. And it's so uncomfortable to be a part of. I don't yeah. understand the appeal at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, personally, I think it's fantastic. Jax makes a good uh, point in the comments here. He says, so the MetaQuest 3 weighs only 18.2 ounces, whereas the uh, Apple headset is 21 to 22 ounces. Okay. And that's that's interesting because the MetaQuest is definitely one of those headsets that after an hour and a half, it starts to hurt. 
It really mm-hmm. does. So it makes me curious how much a uh, like a PSVR two is. Yeah. Yeah. Until they can figure out how to actually manufacture these things to fit every fucking type of face, inevitably there are going to be people that have an uncomfortable experience with them. Yeah. Also, say say no to VR porn until it gets twenty <laughs> times better because that shit is so deeply upsetting. I don't know. I think it's kind of wonderful. Okay, you want you want the you want the woman to be like half an inch from your face, like making the fuck noises, and you're just like, ah, okay, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> okay, but. Fair, have you actually Probably. sat down and tried it, Red? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all I want to know. I don't. I don't want to court you. You know, I'm just like, if you've done it and you like it, that's enough. I okay, have. I have. That's fine. That's fine. And I don't regret it. <laughs> just for me, I found it very, very upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> just like it. Just it. Just it was just like I don't. It turns out I need that barrier of a screen between me and this person. It turns out that's very important to me. I'm deeply upsetting. <laughs> different uh, strokes for different folks. Different strokes for different folks. Yes, it's low hanging fruit, but we're going to pluck it regardless. <laughs> we're yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, by the way, PSVR 2 is apparently like halfway between a MetaQuest and an Apple Vision Pro. Well, what do you think? Should we uh, should we get out of here, fellers? Yeah, why not? Adjourn for, for tonight? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, participating in the chat. It's been a good time in there as well. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back next week because we're going to be mm-hmm. here every week until that's untenable or... till the wheels fall off. till the wheels fall off or the apocalypse comes, one or the other. Yeah, I can I can talk all fucking night. So I mean, we're good on that front. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna let her blast as long as you'll let us. So uh, thank you very much. This has been Press X Podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, right back here for the podcast from the Press X to Podcast. You know what I'm saying. We'll see That's you next right. time. See you next time.